This is Shine On, the Health and Happiness Show, and Ella's Leash Production. Heard as a podcast around the world, but heard first on radio stations 100.7 WHUD-FM and Real Country 920, 1260, and 1420 AM, all in New York's Hudson Valley. Shine On, bringing you healers and dreamers and people who want to make life richer. It's your time to shine on. Hi, it's Casey. Thanks for shining on today. Have you ever left your body? The term is called dissociate, and we have an expert to explain what makes a person's brain scatter to protect itself from trauma. But first, let's talk about a day of gathering together to live well. Maggie Buckley Pinkway is an inspirational blogger and women's event leader who inspires at theglasshouseretreat.com. I invited Maggie on today to talk about the annual event we held last week at the Buddhist monastery in Kent. Maggie led the event called A Day Thinking About Self-Care. Why thinking about Maggie? Because I think so many of us as women We say we're going to do something immediately and we have the best intentions and we start out on Monday because it's a new week and we're not going to do blank and we're going to do blank and then we don't and then we get annoyed at ourselves and the cycle continues. It's vicious. It's a vicious circle. So to be able to think about it, you take away some of that stress. Yeah. Take the pressure off. Absolutely. It's sort of like journaling. You can journal about it again and again and again and again. But, you know, we're humans. We're onions. We have many, many, many layers. You know, I finally threw stacks and stacks and stacks of journals out. Oh, it's on my to-do list. You really did. I did that because if you go back and read them, it was all the same story. I kept repeating the same story. I'm like, okay, this is not helping me. Although I will always journal. I don't do it in any recorded fashion. So I took like, I don't know, 10 years worth of stuff and I just, goodbye. That is so on my to-do list, that and a big bonfire, because I really want to burn it. You know, we should have an event and have people burn their journals. Yes, we have to make sure that wherever we are, it's a, it's it's a legal le- thing it's to do. It's a legal thing to do, but I think it would be, let's put that on our list of our okay. events to come. Yes. So this event, we had um, a day thinking about self-care. Explain to everybody how the day went. Go is we meet in the parking lot. And then we walk on up to the Great Buddha Temple. And if you've never been up to the Chung Yen Monastery, it's a very peaceful place to be. So you walk up through, I think it's about a dozen Buddhas, and then you come upon this huge temple. And we gather there, and we do an introduction. And it can be long, it can be involved, or it can be short, and it can be sweet. But my favorite thing to do, of course, is hold hands. Oh, she loves the holding hands. I do. Sorry, Maria. And then my sister hates it. (laughs) (laughs) And then we just share a tiny bit about ourselves, and we do the squeeze. The hand squeeze. The hand squeeze, yeah. We always do a squeeze because it just transfers all the energy around the circle, and that's Mm -hmm. powerful enough. Then we walk in silence. I don't know. I came up with that our first time we did it. This was the fourth time. And it seems to be very powerful. Mm -hmm. And then you came up with the let's grab three stones. And we grab three stones. And while you're walking in the silence, you think about what it is that this day's event is about. So I'll backtrack here because while we're doing our introductions, we do discuss what the day is about so that nobody is taken by surprise. Mm -hmm. And we walk over in silence to the Kuan Yin statue at the lake. They call her the lady on the lake. And she is the goddess of compassion. Exactly. Oh, what a place to gather. It is a wonderful place to gather, and it has, what do you think, thousands of koi fish in it? Yes. Very large koi fish in it. Every single time I read a poem. Mm -hmm. Can you even say the name of the poem? Because it was a beautiful poem about self-love, but it had some very descriptive 
emphatic words that we probably shouldn't say on the radio. We definitely should not say them on the radio. But you'll post them on the Glass House Retreat. I'm going to post it on the Glass House Retreat as well as the Facebook site, A Circle of Women, which by this point, I would imagine everybody who's listening is a member of. And if you're not... Except for the men. Yeah, well, it's called A Circle of Women. I know, I know, I know. Okay, so uh, this poem is called A Love Letter to Myself, and it's by a woman named Becca Landsman. Becca Landsman. Well, she served us well. And what was so extraordinary was while we were gathering, now we've gathered by the temple, and we introduced, and we squeezed hands, and we've set our intention for the day. Now we walk in silence down the hill. We pick up our three stones, which are going to have meaning in a minute. And when we get to the goddess of compassion statue on the lake, there are a group of Buddhists across the lake in the woods at a little mini temple, and they're chanting. It was the kind of stuff that goosebumps are made of. It was great. It was very beautiful. So explain what we did with the stones. So with the three stones, you have a choice. You can either say what it is you're going to do for yourself for self-care out loud. You can keep it inside and keep it a secret for yourself. Or you can share some of what you want. So some people shared one thing they were going to do and then got rid of whatever was not going to serve them right then and there. And it's very interesting because there's always a pattern. It doesn't start out that way, although that's the whole point of having the name of an event. But there's always a pattern with women. It's always about self-worth. Always. Mm. I've never not seen it, no matter what event you and I have done. I have never not seen it be about nothing. But it starts with self-worth and loving yourself. Right. And and it was amazing to see people promise themselves. And these are beautiful, accomplished women mm-hmm stand before the circle and promise themselves that starting now they're going to take care of themselves starting now they're going to put themselves first it's immensely powerful and my head would snap like you you need to put that on your list you know you see see some of these women who are so successful and so you know strong in their own right saying i got to put myself at the top of the list It's very powerful. I also, what I loved is some of the women who kept one extra stone to keep reminding themselves throughout Mm -hmm. the next year, I need to do this for myself. And also, did you notice that when we finished with that, the gong and the bells went? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you to the sound person who put a soundtrack, like a movie soundtrack to our event. That was very beautiful. It really was. Lovely kismet. And and magical things always happen there. But magical things always happen when we gather. So this was a day of taking the pressure off and just thinking about self-care. And you made some promises. Want to share them? I promised I would not go down the ice cream aisle at ShopRite until October 1st. That may be a lie, but I did promise that. (laughs) Because we were just thinking about self-care. Exactly, we were just thinking about it. Right. I promised myself that I would give myself a pedicure every two weeks. Well, I'm not going to give myself a pedicure. I'm going to go somewhere and get pampered for a pedicure at least every two weeks. And I don't remember what the third one was. It might have been that I might actually step through the door at the gym. Yes, that was the one. <laughs> the gym the gym that you've been paying for? For a long time. I've yeah. been paying for the gym a long time. And yeah. it's very, very inconvenient. It's really not. It's next door to where I work. But I never step through. Th- those were my three stone throws. What about you? Do you remember what you said? Yes. Because you had mentioned that on an earlier uh, day, uh, one of my stone throws was about saying yes, saying yes, saying yes. And I said yes for so gosh darn long that my first stone, and it was a big one, was mm-hmm. for no. Because that's what I learned over my my year of yes, saying yes to everything, saying trying new things and doing new things. 
And I loved that experience and everybody should try it. Just say yes to everything that comes your way for as long as you can. I learned when and where it's appropriate for me to say no. And I also learned what re- what's really at my core and, and that's beauty and simplicity. You know, if I'm gonna nourish myself, mm-hmm. it's with something beautiful like a garden or a walk in nature and it's simple. You know, it's not, there's not a lot of bells and whistles. So to keep me in line with my self-care, it's gotta be time in nature, beauty, and, and, and just simplifying everything. If it's, if it's hard, I don't do it. Does that sound terrible? No, it doesn't sound terrible. I mean, because we both know we can do hard things. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes we have to do them, but when you're given the choice, you don't have to do it. Yeah. And I think one of the fun things that you've done is I love your your chakra garden. Mm. It's fun. It's simple. Right. It's beautiful. It's meaningful. It gives me such a charge. Right. And I'm not sure if I talked about my chakra garden, but that's a good thing when it comes to self-care. So all the energy that's in us is also in nature, and it's represented by the colors of the chakras. And this time of year, you can find beautiful flowers in the colors of the rainbow. So I put all the colors of the chakra rainbow into one flower pot. I got my red, orange, yellow, green, lots of green, blue, purple, white, all in one pot. So when I walk out on my back deck, all the colors that are in me and in nature meet me in one pot. And that is a great um, self-healing tool. Well, what I love too is that then you challenged friends and listeners to share pictures of their own chakra Chakra pots. I should have trademarked that. Somebody probably did already. (laughs) Probably. Probably. But, you know, I mean, that's you do your self-care, which is very important. I do my self-care, which is also very important. It's important for women to take care of themselves. They say every single time you go on a plane, put the oxygen mask on yourself first. First. And then care about everybody else. So that was our day of self-care. We shared tossing our stones into the pond in front of the goddess of compassion and then went to the gift shop. And then we went into the temple and meditated for a bit. Everybody did their own thing. Yep. And then we did make a quick pit stop at a little place where there were many people doing Tai Chi. Yeah, there was a little mini temple in the woods, right. And when we arrived, there was that wild sculpture of rocks. Yeah. That was left there by someone else. And then when we went up into the temple, there was the table that had the circle with the heart in the center, which was so significant. Someone had taken, someone who was there before us in this magical place, taken lots and lots of little stones and made the shape of a heart on on a stone table and then around the shape of the heart, a circle. That was as if it was left for us. Mm-hmm. And one of the women there, who is extracting herself from a difficult marriage, uh, said, wow, gray stones. Mm-hmm. She was given the advice to become like a gray stone, just sort of mute and uninteresting, to disengage from her combative, soon-to-be ex-spouse. So she filled up with tears when she saw how beautiful graystones can be. Mm-hmm. And we talked about how, you know, being a graystone is just a camouflage for what's really going on. And then, of course, we ended with our traditional tailgate party. Yep. Maggie says, everything to the left, that's gluten. Everything to the right, that's gluten-free. So line up. And it's always vegetarian, of course, to honor the beliefs of uh the Buddhists were in their community. So. Yeah. So there we are. Four days of uh, mini retreats we've had. Yes. 
We've had way more than that. But at the Buddhist Monastery. Oh, yeah, that's our fourth one there. <clears throat> that's our fourth one there. Um, but we've been doing these events together since January 11th, 2015. Yes. And we started planning it. We had our first launch August. No, it was June because it was before I shattered my elbow. Oh, right. Early June, June 2014. June 2014, we had the luncheon and we took a picture of our of our dishes and cups and said, this is it. This is, we're having the conversation to start the party and we started mm-hmm. the party in 2015 and, and the party still continues. And the party gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. All right, final thoughts on uh, something you can share that everyone listening can do today to help with their self-care. I'm going to give you two thoughts. Good. The first thing is tell yourself how absolutely awesome and beautiful and bright and shining and amazing you are. And then call your favorite practitioner. Massage, Reiki, reflexology, pedicure, manicure, blowout, color, Mm -hmm. cut. Call out whatever's going to make you feel really good. Make that phone call. Make that appointment. Take care of yourself. Because when you feel beautiful... You are always beautiful, but when you actually physically feel beautiful, you're going to project that out to the world. Take good care of yourself. Make a plan. You are worth it. Find more at theglasshouseretreat.com. Maggie's going to post that poem up there, too. And join Maggie and I on Facebook. The group is called A Circle of Women. Find out what we're doing next. Now, from self-care to mental health and current events, Christine Forner is the president of the International Society for the Study of Trauma and Dissociation. Have you ever dissociated, left your body, just numbed out? It's what our brilliant brains do to help us survive shock. So, Christine, we know our brains do fight and flight. What is dissociate? This is the freeze. This is the freeze. So the fight and flight is active, and it's considered an active defense because there's movement involved. This is an inactive defense. So it works quite a bit differently, but it is a lot more powerful than the active defenses because there's got to be something to halt that bullet train of the active defenses, and this is the thing that halts it. So when people dissociate, it not only is the freeze, there's like this scattering thing that happens inside the brain. The brain intentionally scatters information so that the context and meaning can't be made. And so thoughts won't go with feelings or sensations won't go with an understanding or an experience can be uh, wiped out because of this process. So what the body's trying to do is it's trying to keep it alive while it's like inside a saber-toothed tiger mouth. Context and meaning can't be named. So something so terrible happens or or something hits you so terribly hard or meaningfully that context and meaning can't be named. Is that what you said? Yeah. So we can't make any sense of it. So we dissociate. What does that look like, feel like? Uh, it, it sort of looks and feels a little bit different. For some people, this is their preferred place to go. So for some people, their bodies are going to want to go to the fight, going to want to go to the, the flea, because the flea is actually our preferred favorite, or being invisible, like sort of just hiding. That's kind of our preferred favorite, because that still means we have a chance of getting away. When we're dissociating, the body has deemed that it is inescapable. It is beyond our capacity. There is nothing we can do but hold out and see if the danger passes. So what it looks like is it's, it's anesthetizing in nature. 
So it comes with neurochemicals and neuroelectrical impulses that are numbing in nature. We can numb feelings, we can numb sensations, we can numb emotions, we can numb knowing. You can look normal for a short period of time or maybe an extended period of time. But inside, things aren't working properly. All right. The day of my wedding party, someone said something to me so hurtful right after the ceremony, so hurtful, that I left my body. That's what I call it. I could see myself from yeah. above and I don't, yeah. I did not act like myself. I just went yeah. to this place and was smiling and happy, but absolutely frozen. That would be considered a derealization mm-hmm. or a depersonalization. On the spectrum of dissociative disorders, you sort of have the lesser and the greater. And these are of the, the sort of the lesser side that are very common. We all do this when we're in those types of situations. We all do this. Um, Why don't other people talk about it? I think because there hasn't been enough uh, education about it because it's shamed publicly it's shamed so if you say that you have a dissociative disorder you will likely be shamed by physicians by therapists because they're taught strange things about dissociation in school they're not taught that it's it's a mechanical process you had a dissociative episode so a dissociative disorder means that that it happens and you can't get out of it and you don't know how to get out of it we all do this dissociative experience that it gets disordered when that experience becomes permanent okay i was 47 years old when that happened to me what's happening to children at the border who are being taken away from their parents is this trauma that could be happening to them a hundred percent the chances of it happening to them is really very 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 high the human body is actually an incredibly intelligent thing. It understands that little kids can't run like we can when we're adults. They don't fight. So their go-to place is dissociation because they need their parents to care for them. They need their parents 100% to be calming them down, keeping them safe, giving them predictability. If that's gone, these kids are going to likely all be dissociating a little or a lot. I can't imagine any child, say, under the age of, I don't know what, being okay with being separated from a parent or guardian, unless they were We're prepared for it in some way. You're not. Even when we're prepared, there's detectable traces of of a stress. I've worked with kids who've been adopted. I've worked with children who have experienced even short temporary separation from a hospital stay, that kind of stuff. Those can create a dissociation or a dissociative disorder. Just even these small little moments of separation. These massive separations when these kids are under this so much stress and they're coming from so much stress and they land and get so much stress. We're talking brain damage now, brain damage that can occur and have consequences for the rest of their lives. Now, we're also, too, talking about, like what you just said, they didn't come off a a cruise ship. You know, they came from an arduous, harrowing journey into an unknown place, and then they're separated from their families. I just saw hundreds of these kids are in Harlem uh, being held in a facility there, and they're looking for foster families. So the kids are going to go from this journey into a detention center then flown to Harlem um, yeah. and I love Harlem I, my niece lives there and I, I visit often but just to be in such a foreign place and then from there they're going to be fostered out to other families there's nothing inside that human body that understands that like if they're dissociating you can't make sense of things it's the parents that help kids make sense of things kids can't make sense of things really anyway But then you add these types of circumstances where there's nobody there to help them make sense of things. This is just a recipe for 
decades and generations of difficulties, not just this generation, but the generation that's going to go forward. Right. So, I mean, all politics aside, what we're doing to these kids emotionally, you feel, is going to have long-term ramifications. It's not even just what I feel. There is a lot of scientific evidence that backs up, and we've known these things for, like, really hard science um, information for over 20 years. We've taken pictures of the kids that are coming out of the Romanian orphanages, and their brains are way smaller than normal children or children who are in care at three years of age and there's holes in their brain so there's parts of the brain that atrophy when this happens well we're hoping and praying that these children find loving homes or loving adults who will cater to them in some way to sort of stave off really hard damage like that am i just wishful thinking here a little bit, unfortunately. Yeah, like it, it really is, the, the damage is done. If, if even a couple of days, it can be done. Months, it's done. If they're not reunited with their parents. Because parents and kids, there's, not, there's so much more than just verbal and, and seeing. What regulates a child, what normalizes a child, what helps that child's brain go, grow is familiar smells, familiar cadences, familiar tones, familiar language. There's a, there's a rhythm between parents and children that is there that keeps the child safe and when that rhythm isn't there the child is now in this unfamiliar world and its baby body is thinking okay great i got no one to protect me i am susceptible to being eaten or preyed upon terrifying for them. So they're little bodies. You know, our fight and flight mechanism, it's when we feel like we're being chased by a bear and their little bodies are feeling that and they don't have anything to compare it to or... or No, and it could be that they even feel like they're in the bear's mouth right now. They're in the bear's mouth. Wow. Yeah. We're educating ourselves. I guess that's one thing we can do. What else can we do if, if there is anything else we can do? The more that we educate adults on what it takes to create a healthy human being and what all the benefits are to having healthy human beings versus the costs and the long-term effects of having unhealthy human beings. I think we can really start to understand there's a different way we need to be raising our kids. There's a different way that we need to be protecting these children. And if the word spreads out that everybody knows that kids need to be cared for on a different level, then perhaps all of us can start to realize how sensitive babies are and the benefit of providing their needs versus the deficits that come when we don't provide their needs. Children aren't small adults. Absolutely. So what do you say to the people who say, but their guardians, their parents and guardians willingly took them on this journey and put them in this, in, in harm's way, so to speak? Well, you know what? I think that's a, that's a very privileged statement. Human beings have been traveling this planet and moving through this planet since, you know, millions of years ago. You know, when you take a look at genetic patterns throughout the, the ages, you can see that we've always been moving and traveling on this planet. It's more of a human nature to move than it is to stay still. The other thing that, that I think that we can also work on is understanding that you got to be pretty desperate to leave someplace like that with nothing. Right. I don't know if there's many of any of us could just take a backpack and leave everything we know and take our children to this place. So I moved my children schooled and I was think it was an incredibly difficult decision. I can't imagine what it would be like and how desperate I would be to move my children without knowing where we were going with all the risks. All right, Christine Forner, your book, Dissociation, Mindfulness, and Creative Meditations. Let's move on to things we can do to help heal or help bring peace to a brain after it's had a 
dissociated experience. Mindfulness, when we're mindful, we're very aware. Uh, it's much easier. All There's a bunch of connective tissue. It's easier to make meaning and sense out of what's going on inside of you when we're being mindful. And dissociation actually stops that from happening. And if you've been dissociating long enough, if you're disordered in your dissociation, being mindful means being mindful of the things that created the dissociation in the first place. Very painful things, very frightening things. It's the mindful of putting that all those experiences back together. So we need to be careful if you've had dissociative experiences on doing it softly and gently. So for example, going up to the front part of your head, like just bringing your awareness or taking a breath and really paying attention to the front part of your head might be enough of a mindful exercise just to sort of start calming the body down. For somebody who has a bigger window of tolerance or who can handle feeling their feelings, then I recommend taking deep breath, dropping into the body, feeling the chair support your body. Just imagine that that chair disappears. You'd fall on the ground, right? So what this does is, is brings your um, brings in a felt feeling of being supported because I think that's something we all re- need right now is to sort of carry around a continuous feeling of being supported. Those are really short little, little mindful things that we can do that actually can make a difference in your day. Isn't that fascinating? Our fight or flight brain can also freeze. And you can learn more at thetraumatherapistsproject.com. Christine Forner, therapist and president of the International Society for the Study of Trauma and Dissociation. Need more info about anything on the show today? Just visit casey.co. Thanks for listening. Today's thought for the day is the Metta Prayer. May all beings be peaceful. May all beings be happy. May all beings be safe. May all beings awaken to the light of their true nature. May all beings be free. Shana. You've been listening to Shine On, the health and happiness show for your entertainment only. Heard Sunday mornings on 100.7 WHUD and on Real Country's 920, 1260 and 1420 AM, all in New York's Hudson Valley. Subscribe to Shine On on iTunes and SoundCloud and catch a show anytime at Casey.co. That's K-A-C-E-Y dot C-O. Shine On.